Welcome to the Employco HR Podcast. I'm Rob Wilson, President of Employco. With me is my brother and partner, Scott. Hello. Jason Eisenhut, our Vice President of HR. Hi, everyone. And Nikki Navarro, working the board. And uh, in this week's podcast, we have a very special guest, uh, Carrie Miller, the uh, who runs Food Industry News Magazine. Carrie, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much, Rob. I'm happy to be here. So it's great having great having you here, Carrie. So our uh, our topic today: food industry. A uh, lot going on in the industry with uh, restaurants in full full business. A uh, lot of lot of areas we can go with it. You've got people asking COVID protocol questions, recruiting, hiring is such a, a big need, and uh, and then also at the same time, uh, many new businesses opening. So. Jason, where do you want to, uh, where yeah, do you want we, to jump in? We, we have several clients that are in the uh, the restaurant or food supply business industry, and the labor shortage is just all where I mean, it's just a tough time for so many. Not, I guess not just this industry, but the hospital, all kinds of industries. But the food and, and even the supply and restaurant businesses are just hurting so bad. Just we we just need we just need staff. We need workers. Uh, and we have a couple of creative ideas to try and find it, ranging from unique benefits to unique places to put your job ads, um, kind of making sure you have a, a bonus for referrals for existing employees. Um, but it's still a tough time for so many businesses out there. Carrie, I would imagine you're seeing that quite a bit. Uh, I have seen it quite a bit. And I've also heard from many of our advertisers as well as other people, nobody can get help. And the help that you can get if you are lucky enough to have someone come in, apply for a job, and then actually show up to work, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to work out. And so the stories that I've heard range from people coming in and accepting a position and then never showing up to people working a few days and then disappearing to people that show up to work. They work a few hours. They go out for a cigarette and disappear. Wow. Wow. So I'm not sure if this is a societal shift in the work ethic, mm-hmm. but Something has happened, and whatever the reason for the changes, this has created serious implications across the food business, where you now have suppliers that are not delivering orders. Um, I think just about every one of the companies I deal with is looking for drivers. And, you know, this is creating a problem, because if you have a steakhouse and your steaks aren't delivered in time, how can you open up on time? Right. I was talking to a restaurant client a couple of weeks ago, and uh, they had a couple of different ads posted. You know, if you go back a couple of years ago, you post an ad, you'd have 50 people apply. Now you post an ad, you might get two. <laughs> and, and, and the drivers is a, it's a big issue with the drivers. Uh, one of our clients, they, uh, they're paying $2,000 signing bonus to get a driver. And even with that, they're struggling. Yeah. Well, you figure with Illinois, it's not only the nationwide issue with as far as people staying on unemployment longer, we've had a mass exodus out of Illinois also. So you figure every census, we lose how many congressional seats, you know, decade after decade. So and the current financial makeup of Illinois definitely is not helping things with the taxes. And You know, one of the things that's really great about the industry, Carrie, is the resiliency of the industry. In the heart of COVID, you, know, you couldn't eat inside. Your people were eating outside in heated tents or getting food to go. And everyone was scratching their head saying, is it, is it, are people going to go back to eating out? And you can't even get into restaurants now. Yes, there has been a wonderful rebound, but of course, a lot of the restaurants you go to, they may only be seating a portion of the dining room because they don't have enough servers or there aren't enough cooks in the kitchen. And my dad was in a restaurant last week. He talked to the owner who was a friend of his and the owner said, I'm working in the kitchen with one other person. 
my wife is seating people, and we have one server. Wow. And when they came to the restaurant, the owner said to my dad, look, you got to be patient. This is the situation. I don't know if you want to eat here. So this is, uh, this is a very real crisis that we're going through. Yeah, my wife and I were at a restaurant on Saturday, and you know the tables are back to being close to, close next to each other. And uh, it's Saturday night; we're not in any hurry. And the couple next to us, as we're ordering a bottle of wine, uh, the woman says to the waiter, "Well, when are we going to get our food? We've been waiting forever." And, he, and he's like, "Hey, can you just be patient? You know, you're going to love it when it comes out, but we're just, you know, we yeah. don't have enough people. And you got to be, you know, going out today. You just have to have a good understanding that it may take a little extra." But so, Jason, uh, if we switch gears, COVID, uh, we've had some clients that uh, outside the food industry that have been asking a lot of questions on uh, what happens if test people test positive, masks, no mask, mask mandate uh, or vaccine mandate. Uh, any best practices to tell our listeners? Yeah, I think we're unfortunately hit, seeing another spike. I don't know if it's a Delta variant or not, but I mean, we just in the last few days had four clients contact us. Uh, just asking about, okay, we've had an employee, active employee test positive. They were in the workplace around other coworkers. What do we need to do? So we talked to them about the current CDC guidelines of, okay, if it's within six feet, 15 minutes, if a person's vaccinated, they don't have to quarantine. Like if they've had exposure to someone with COVID, uh, but if that vaccinated person has been uh, exposed, they don't have to quarantine, but they should get tested three to five days after the exposure right. and wear masks inside for 14 days or until the negative test happens. But if you have unvaccinated workers that have been around some with COVID, they should be vac- uh, quarantining for 14 days. There's some potential loopholes still short in that, maybe to 10 days. But um, And then, yeah, whether or not you're enforcing or requiring masks or vaccines, that's really up to the employer right now. It's not something that's required. Carrie, have you seen uh, many of your readers uh, or clients and subscribers that are uh, mandating a not a mask, but mandating the vaccine? Not that I have heard from. Uh, again, when I'm talking to them, we have different conversations. Right. Um, but I would not be surprised if many of the operations are going to be mandating the vaccine. I think McDonald's announced today that they were going to be requiring yeah, their offices. those. Right. Yeah. Okay. So not, not the actual restaurants, not the stores, but the corporate. corporate. Yeah. Right. And United Airlines, they just announced as well that they're going to uh, mandate the vaccine. Yeah. American Delta and Southwest said no. said no. Right. Right. And I also believe that restaurateurs and probably the suppliers as well, they are so pressed for people right now that the last thing you want to do right, is mandate is mandate anything. You're yeah. just happy that they show up. Right. So, you know, I don't know any business that has more employees than they need right now. So, and how I was talking to a friend of mine in Greece this morning and he said he refuses to get a vaccine. And when I said, I understand where you're coming from, but you realize people are dying and, you know, you're not a young guy. Right. His attitude was, well, look, I wear gloves. I wear a mask. I take protocols and precautions. And why do I need to get a vaccine? I'm afraid of what's going to happen in five years. And I said, well, you know, you don't get a vaccine five years. You might be dead. Right. So is it really worth not getting it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and we have, uh, you know, we, we don't mandate it in our office we, we kept track of the numbers, but uh, most of our clients, majority of them are not mandating it because you pick up potential liability as well. Right. Yeah. There's no buffer from if the employee gets sick from the vaccine, then can they come back on the employer and say, well, right. I'm going to sue you. You made me do this. So, I mean, there's and there's no government waiver for that. 
So yeah, one of our clients just contacted us last week. It's a law firm downtown and they're thinking about requiring it. So they went through like, okay, can we require it? What kind of proof do we need to, can we have a photocopy of a vaccination card? And the answer is yes and yes. Uh, so it's, I mean, it's challenging times for so many employers out there. Yeah, and if it's a tough labor market, tough to find yeah. people, you're just, you know, say it's 20% of the, you know, state doesn't want to get a vaccine. Well, there's 20% of your labor market that isn't going to work for your company. So, I mean, it's kind of, it's a tough position. And if you go back to early on pre, pre-vaccination, the food industry and the restaurant association, they really put together great plans for fresh air, uh, spacing out the tables. They were really at the forefront of creating yeah. a safe yeah. place because they, they wanted their customers back inside. So yes. out of, out of all the industries, the food industry had to be one of the best from uh, creating safety. a safe, better than anything the government could do. I mean, they were literally the pioneers and did it right. Well, you're dealing with people's livelihoods. Yeah. So it's that old saying, if it's to be, it's up to me. I think the restaurateurs took control and had to do whatever they could to make people feel comfortable and safe and have the employees feel safe so that they could stay in business. Right. Yeah, and that's the end goal is to provide a, a great customer experience for their customers and stay in business and have everyone be safe at the same time. So the uh, so we're talking with Carrie Miller, Food Industry News. Uh, it's got to be one of the best food industry magazines in the country. So if you're not a subscriber or haven't found it, uh, foodindustrynews.com, I'm guessing is your website, Yes, Karen. it is. So, and it's okay. available free without opt-in and without a vaccine. Anybody can read the magazine. <laughs> so one of the things that uh, we were talking about uh, the resiliency of the of the restaurant industry, uh, the you know, there's so many new entrepreneurs out there in the industry, and one of the things that Carrie publishes each month is uh, is a hot leads list, and it's got to be eight to ten pages each month that lists it new, is. new Pe- restaurants, yep. new food uh, companies, new liquor applications. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people opening, closing, remodeling, changing hands, new corporations, liquor licenses, other market activities that relates to the greater Chicagoland area. And we see pretty consistently there's easily a couple of hundred qualified contacts in there that are either expanding, opening new locations, remodeling. And um, one of the results of COVID, we've seen some attrition in the market. It thankfully isn't as bad as the National Restaurant Association predicted. But what you're beginning to see now are existing business owners opening new locations because they can get a deal on a rent or maybe an operator didn't have a succession plan. Somebody passed away or they went out of business. So another operator can just walk in and take over that fully furnished, ready to go space and get in there maybe with some rent concessions. So now I think we're seeing a lot of those opportunities pop up as well as new construction. I don't know if you're a fan of Stan's Donuts, but sure. he is building in uh, Rosemont where Gene and Giorgetti's was. Oh, wow. The old uh, Rosewood. Yes, the wow. old Rosewood. So they've leveled that building and they're building, I think, uh, a Stan's Donuts, maybe a Chick-fil-A and something else. Well, the Rosewood, that was around forever. And they did a great job. Yeah. Well, and that you know that's an exciting thing to see. You know, there they're you know building from the ground up. In other places, like you said, they're taking advantage of. They waited in the wings, and someone went out of business in a great location, and you're seeing a new restaurant pop up. And this is the beauty of the food business. Everybody has. Everybody loves to eat, at least in this town. So if you have a great recipe, a business mindset, 
I think people think it's a lot easier to go into the restaurant business than it is, but you know, there's a lot of people that are successful and yeah. it starts with one restaurant. Speaking of restaurants popping up, we're waiting for somebody to buy or open up oh. at the old Bakersfield next door <laughs> to our office to building. A, a restaurant was there forever in uh, good location, great location, yeah. a lot of parking, a lot of business. I think we kept it open for the last two years. <laughs> uh, and we, uh, we went there often enough that Scott pulled a couple bushes out of the parking lot. So, our, <laughs> so, so our, just cut right our staff could just cut right through. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it'd be great to see somebody go uh, go in there. Yeah. But you know, it's an interesting time for uh, for restaurants as you know they're all you know open, uh, plenty of challenges ahead. But it's it's great to see restaurants thriving the way they are. And and actually, you touched on something earlier, which is offering these benefits, and it really intrigues me because when I sit back and I think that every restaurateur I speak with tells me about the problems with getting employees. And I think to myself, with all the programs that Employco has, with dental, pet insurance, all these great benefits, you would think that it would really be in every restaurateur's best interest to have a whole suite of benefits that they can offer, which are going to be better than the guy next door or down the street, where employees might come in and say, hey, I can get braces for my kids. That's covered here. It's not covered where I was working before. Right. And, and that's something that we've been trying to work with our clients, especially on the recruiting side, is how can we help them stand out? You know, if you're one of 50 ads looking for people, how can you stand out versus the other other 49 or 50 ads? Yeah. And do you find that your clients who are in the food business, when they do have extended benefits like you enable them to have or offer do you find that that increases their employee retention or hiring it, it definitely increases the retention and draws more people and interest into them so it uh uh you know in today's market anything you do to stand out so whether like in our side it's the rhr support it's benefits uh you're definitely seeing it the uh and speaking of hr so with with Carrie for our listeners, uh, September sixteenth, we're putting on a HR boot camp for anyone in the food industry. That uh, Jason, as uh, our head of HR, is going to be a, a keynote speaker. So we uh, came put it together with uh, with Carrie and then with Gark as uh, September sixteenth at Chicago Prime in Schaumburg. And the purpose of this is really to help our readers, who are food service operators to attend this free seminar, which is only going to be 90 minutes, and learn how to save money and cut costs. Because right now, I think everyone in the food industry is pressed to save money wherever they can. And, you know, you I would say to any listener, if they explored what Employco has to offer, they'll be really enlightened to see that you can get more for your money and give your employees more without spending a ton of money or even spending more than you're spending now. So, you know, you take one prime important vendor like your HR needs and you work with a company like Employco where you can save maybe 20, 30 percent, offer more benefits, have better coverage and better retention for your employees. I don't know why people would not want to do that. It just makes so much sense. And then the other company we're doing the seminar with is Gark, the Great American Restaurant Co-op. They're a buying group, so they collectively work with people operating, I think, about 8,000 locations collectively, and they pool together the purchases of many items, and it enables restaurateurs to get rebates, uh, prefix pricing, and savings. 
so that they can offer the same brands they're buying now from the same suppliers, but get better pricing. And it, it's such a it's such a benefit for restaurants or and you know and anyone in the food industry to be able to tap into the buying power. It really is what they're doing. They're consolidating their their purchasing power, similar to the, what we're doing on our benefits and workers comp. You know, if you, instead of buying on your own, you're part of, you know, in their case, thousands, in our case, seven, eight hundred people or companies that are buying, uh, buying in volume and pass that savings on to the, to the owner operator. And it makes no sense not to explore that now because, you know, 20, 30 years ago, I remember talking to a restaurateur and they'd say, oh, yeah, I know I'm paying too much or I know my employees are stealing from me. As long as they leave me a little bit, that's fine. Mm. Now, I don't think any owner of any business has the luxury of, retaining that attitude right no I, you know, your margins get thinner and thinner every yes. year and we're in illinois yeah you right know. with the taxes well along the side of hr it's like the sexual harassment training a friend of ours uh their kid works at a restaurant i'm like oh have you gone through your sexual harassment training yet no we didn't do that like well it's law in illinois no I'm, how long have you worked there well since may you've had no mention of it nope none whatsoever i'm like that business is going to get fined yeah. You know, Illinois might not be pressing it too much right now with COVID going on and stuff, but that's going to be a moneymaker for uh, for the state. You know, when they go in and audit and say, hey, if you had your sexual harassment training, no, here's your bill. Yep. So. And Jason, you haven't run a sexual harassment training seminar for our clients since uh, Monday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, or we're seeing, luckily we're seeing more and more in person. I'm, and I've personally been vaccinated, so I'm comfortable going into clients' locations and do the sexual harassment training in person to their employees. Just get better feel. You get better, the, the better experience when you're there in person instead of Zoom. But yeah, anytime anybody would like to, to talk about harassment training, give us a, shoot us an email, hr.employco.com. I'm, I'm here to help. Right. Great. Yeah. Any HR issues were always, as we did all through COVID. Uh, free advice, contact uh, Jason or HR at employco.com or any of us and uh, happy, happy to help any of the listeners out there. And uh, hopefully they, uh, people can, uh, we'll have some listeners out to come uh, support the Food Industry News and Employco HR uh, Bootcamp. Absolutely. So, and again, if you, uh, if you haven't read Food Industry News, you definitely have check to, it out. Uh, it's a great have to check it out. It's a great uh, one, uh, such a variety of great content from the latest and greatest restaurant openings to interviews with chefs to interviews with suppliers, uh, both on a national level and a local level. So it's really, a, I just met Carrie a few years ago, but I've been subscribing oh, forever for about 23 years. Yeah, and, uh, We've been in business for 25, so I, only a couple years <laughs> in and... Uh, uh, I was at one of, uh, one of our restaurant clients had a copy and subscribed and loyal reader ever since. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons that Chicagoland is the best food industry in the country. And I don't believe that we should take any credit because really it's up to the men and women that work in this industry. Um, but a few interesting facts are we have more culinary schools in this market than anywhere else in the U.S., so I think that directly impacts the quality of the food. But really, the biggest issue is that we have more rail lines in this area than anywhere else in the country. So we have a tremendous access to food products that other places don't. Mm -hmm. So uh, I was in Cancun a few years ago, went to the best Mexican restaurant in Cancun, and my wife and I kept looking at each other as we're eating, thinking, you know, they got nothing on La Pasadena over on Chicago <laughs> Avenue or Ashland. That's so flavorful. And so as we began to talk about it, you know, there are several companies in Chicago, all they do is import chilies and peppers from around the world. 
in Cancun, I'm quite sure they're buying local and the flavors reflect the local cuisine and what's grown in that area. Whereas here in Chicago, we've got everything. Everything. Yeah. So, you know, you combine that along with the Midwestern work ethic and how nice people are. You know, we've got a great restaurant community here in Chicago and we are proud to serve them and support them and just to be part of this great local $34 billion industry because everybody loves to eat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I haven't met too many people that don't like to eat. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Well, Carrie, we appreciate you being a guest on our show today. Uh, usually we try and we, I know we ran over a little bit today, but uh, a lot of great conversation. We really appreciate you being here. And again, pick up a copy of Food Industry News if you uh, aren't already a subscriber. Thank you, guys. So thanks, thanks you. And uh, feel free, again, contact us with any questions at employco.com. And uh, thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.